So hey there, friends. Welcome to episode 191 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about cookies. Now, if you follow me on social media, you might know that I love chocolate chip cookies. This isn't really a conversation about how much I like cookies, although we might get into that. It's actually more of a story around the way that our beliefs can shape us and how they can impact our behavior, even when we kind of unaware of the fact that that's happening. So that is what we're going to dive into. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. So we're talking about examining our beliefs through the lens of this story about cookies. But before we dive into that, I wanted to say, hey, I hope you're doing really great. We, my family and I have just returned from a little holiday. We took a bit of a road trip um, into a different state. We went into South Australia and went and saw some really amazing things. We saw some sinkholes and we saw some uh, inactive volcanoes, not even inactive, extinct. Uh, We swam at the beach. We did a whole bunch of really fun stuff. And whenever I sort of step out of my ordinary environment, I'm reminded of how much self-kindness and self-care there is in being in awe of things. And I think that I I do this quite well in my everyday life. I, you know, tend to be the one who's like, oh, look, you can see the moon in the middle of the day. Isn't that amazing? Or I still see shapes and clouds and kind of look for these opportunities to be kind of in awe about the world. But I think there's something about kind of stepping out of your ordinary environment like going on a holiday and seeing some of these cool things that remind you how much there, how much self-care there is in that practice. I think part of that is because it keeps you really present and mindful. And I think that when we're able to sort of be present to the awe that is outside of us, somehow it has this impact or this possibility of helping us to be in awe about ourselves as well. And these amazing bodies that we inhabit, these incredible brains that we have. And so just, you know, little side note there about being in awe. I'm sure that the day will present itself with an opportunity, if not more than one, to be in awe of something today and, you know, dive in. So let's talk about the cookie story. So when I was a young child, I liked cookies so much, I still do, that I would hide under the table and kind of like do that, you know, arm creeping out from around the table to steal them off the table and then eat them under the table. And there were there was at least one incident where I basically ate myself sick with cookies. Um, and so my parents implemented a two cookie limit. And so I grew up with this rule and and idea that when one was to eat cookies, two was how many you had, okay? So I didn't really give this much thought over the years. If I was eating cookies, I would have two. If I decided to have more than two, I would feel some level of guilt. It might not be like deep, 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 deep guilt, but there would be some level of like, oh, I should only be having two, right? Don't have three, don't have four, like 
no, 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 the rule is two. And that has been like I'm I'm nearly 40, so this rule has been in place for like a long time. And I noticed the other day we went out for dinner and the the um person gave my kids little packets of Oreo cookies on the way out. And this packet of cookies was shaped as such that made me think it had two cookies in it. And later I found out that it had three. And my first reaction was like, oh, that's too many cookies, <laughs> right? Because in my mind, somewhere in the, the depths of it, two cookies is the rule. So did I actually care that there were three cookies? No. Did my subconscious kind of belief systems kind of jump up and be like, hang on, there's a problem here. This is not in alignment with the rules. Yes. And so what I want to parallel here is how these very arbitrary rules can lead us to do things or not do things without us even really knowing why or that we're doing it at all. So if we think about this from the point of view of self-care practices, movement, we might have some rules that we've been taught, told, you know, accumulated over the years that are truly just arbitrary. Somebody else's opinion, uh, something that we read in a magazine, something that a parent told us, something that a friend told us, any, you know, they can come from any number of places. But how do those rules, those very arbitrary rules, impact what you choose to do or not do and how those things actually make you feel? So an example of this might be where we have, you know, maybe somebody has said to us, oh, it doesn't count unless you're sweating. Oh, it doesn't count unless you're in pain. Oh, you haven't worked hard enough because you don't look like you're going to vomit yet. Um, All of those sorts of comments are not unusual and they definitely exist out there in the world. I think I've said it before, but one of the gyms that I used to go to in my 20s had a slogan painted on the wall that said, pain is weakness leaving the body. Now, if I had taken that message in, then I would look to inducing pain through exercise as being a very virtuous activity. Luckily for me, I looked at it and went, that's a load of crap. But there, you know, we are susceptible to these messages And so if I believed that pain was weakness leaving my body, then I would probably override what I sensed in myself to align myself with that belief, right? We might also do it when we kind of look at the clock and we're like, well, I only have 15 minutes before I go and pick up the kids from school or before I have that next meeting or whatever. That's not long enough. 10 minutes doesn't count for anything. And that might not be a really conscious thing that we believe, but it's in there as a set of beliefs that probably, you know, coexists with others that is going to impact what we choose to do and how we choose to behave. And what I want to to kind of posit or put out there today is are those beliefs helpful? 
still, <laughs> right? So when I was a child, maybe the two cookie limit was helpful, right? Because it just made it really straightforward. How many cookies can I have? Two. It's always two. Um, but as an adult who, you know, gets to decide for herself how many cookies she wants, is it helpful for me anymore? Not really. Because the truth is maybe I only want one cookie, but because my rule is two, I'm going to pull two out before I even have any consideration for what I want, right? Maybe I want four of them. And that is going to be impacted by that belief as well if I'm not cognizant of it. The thing that's really interesting about that rule for me is that it doesn't matter how big the cookies are. The rule seems to still be two. So whether it's like the tiniest little cookie you've ever seen or, you know, like a jumbo size of your head cookie, in my mind, the rule is still two. So, whoa, big cookie, awesome bonus. Like I get to have two and that's wonderful. Tiny little fingernail size cookie. Oh, I only get to have two. Now I don't still follow this rule, but as I sort of suggested with that Oreo packet of Oreos, it's still in there, right? It's still in there and it's still kind of like creeping up and having its say every now and then. And so when you think about the things that perhaps you are struggling with or feeling challenged by, in regards to your movement practice, your self-care practices, my invitation for you this week is to check in and notice, are there some beliefs that are underpinning this that are no longer helpful? And the first step to shifting those beliefs is to know that they're there, right? We can't adjust or change or shift to something that we're not even aware of. And so looking at it and being like, is there something that I believe here that is limiting me from what it is that I'm actually trying to move towards? So if I'm trying to move my body more often, but my belief is that it doesn't count unless it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour or I sweat or I change into workout clothes or whatever the belief might be, then I am like really getting in my own way towards doing more movement because my belief is such that until I have an abundance of time, I can't take action. And so the awareness is the first part. We go, you know, get curious. What beliefs are actually underpinning this resistance or this action or this choice that I'm making? Then once we get curious, we can actually examine it and go like, do I even believe this? Is this even true? Is this how I want to, is this what even what I want to believe? Right, Because the thing that's really interesting about these beliefs that sort of shape us <laughs> um, or these beliefs that are perhaps a little bit more subconscious is that on a conscious objective level, we may not actually believe them. We may not subscribe to them. Like, do I objectively believe that two cookies is the perfect limit for every person? No. Is it still there as a, as a kind of like underlying driving belief? Yes. So- what we can do is when we're faced with, let's just use that same example of, I want to move my body more often, but I seem to have a belief that it doesn't count unless it lasts for 30 minutes and I break into a sweat. Then I can kind of like go, okay, that's interesting. That's an interesting belief to hold. We might question where it came from. It may not matter, but we can also look at it and go, do I want to believe this? Does it feel true? Do I have any actual evidence that it's true? And likewise, do I have evidence that it's not true? 
And in that example, yes, we can get lots of evidence that it's not true. We probably have some evidence that leads us to believe that it could be true, but there will be lots of evidence too that points us in the in the direction that like, no, it's not true. And that question of like, what do I want to believe here? Do I want to believe that it has to take me a really long time and be really complicated to count? No, I don't want to believe that. So I'm going to choose to take action even in the face of this belief that has become evident. And then in taking action that perhaps doesn't align with that underlying belief. So I'm going to do five minutes of movement, even though, you know, this underlying belief is telling me it's not going to count. I'm going to do it anyway. And we start to get evidence for this new way of thinking. So that's kind of the steps, becoming aware of it, getting curious about it, and then taking action that actually moves us towards what we want. Because if what we want is that more movement, then it's not helpful to stay subscribed to a belief that says it doesn't count unless it lasts for however many, you know, tens of minutes or whatever. And we could apply that to anything, right? So another example that I think is probably one experienced by a lot of us is this idea that I can't take a break or I can't rest or I can't do something nice for myself. I can't um, reward myself is maybe the language we would sometimes use until I have done whatever the, you know, the thing is that we have to do first. So until I've worked hard enough, until I've succeeded enough, until I've achieved enough, until I've finished the jobs on my list, until the house is clean, until blah, 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 blah. That is a belief that I think probably affects like very, very many of us, that we have to reach some sort of benchmark or some sort of standard or some sort of list completion before we're allowed to do something nice for ourselves. And so if we believe that subconsciously and we never examine that belief, we can get ourselves very much stuck in this cycle of constantly doing things and never attending to our needs because we don't believe that we've earned that, right? And so you can see how these beliefs, even though they might not have originated from you, even though you might not actually want to believe them or subscribe to them, they can still be running the show. And so getting curious So as I said, my invitation for you this week is to look at something that perhaps you're trying to move towards and it's feeling hard, whether it be more movement, whether it be um, engaging in a particular class, whether it be, you know, sitting to meditate, whether it be just engaging in some sort of self-kindness practice or self-care practice or going to bed early or drinking more water or whatever it might be. Looking at it and getting curious, like, is there a belief underneath this or even a number of different beliefs? And can I get curious about them? Can I question them a little bit and see if they feel true to me? See if I want to subscribe to them anymore. And then can I do one small thing that moves me in the direction of the thing that I want, even if it doesn't align with that underlying belief that we're now trying to shift? Yeah. So I hope that that gives you some food for thought. Any reason to do an episode about cookies is a good one in my books, but I hope that example, I was thinking about this after seeing the Oreo packet, I was thinking, oh, this actually is such a great example because it's kind of trivial in some ways, although not necessarily because um, our relationship with food is actually a really significant piece um, of the puzzle. Um, 
but that is not my area of expertise, as we know. So um, it's not trivial in some ways. It's actually kind of significant, but it is something that we probably can relate to. You might have similar kind of rules around kind of random things that you're like, oh yeah, I have this rule that, um, you know, I have to, when I was a kid, I used to have a lot of rules around, like if I turned around one way, I had to turn around the same number of times in the other direction to kind of like balance things out. And I think we often as kids have these funny little rules, but how do they follow us into our adult life and are they still useful? I'm going to preface next week's podcast a little bit and the thing that I'm about to say next, but We'll put a pin in it in a second. Um, I, in a week from today, I turn 40. It's my 40th birthday. And there'll be a podcast episode coming out that day because it's a Thursday. And one of the things that I'm realizing as I continue to get closer to that day is that this idea, like there's so many people who, I don't know, there's, there's just this sense that as we get older, we kind of like, you know, you hear this midlife crisis stuff, right? And one of the things that I've been contemplating is how much as we get a little bit older, as we move towards, you know, through our 30s and into our 40s and beyond, I don't know if it's so much that we go through a process of reinventing, but I think we start to question some of these beliefs a little bit more, potentially, right? We start to be like, hang on. <laughs> The way that I've been moving through the world is perhaps a little bit tainted by or coloured by or influenced by beliefs that no longer fit who I want to be and how I want to be in the world. So we're going to talk about that more next week, but I think this is one of those examples of that, right? Like, do I want to live my life through the lens of I'm only allowed to have two cookies or I have to have two cookies if I'm having cookies? Do I want to live live my life through that lens of it only counts once I've, you know, ticked off my entire to-do list, then I'm allowed to care for myself or that it only counts if it takes me half an hour and I break a sweat. Do we want to subscribe to those things anymore or do we want to choose something new? Yeah. So stay tuned for that. That's coming next week. And until then, I would love to hear your thoughts. You know that I love to hear from you. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave a comment below. If you are listening to the podcast, come and share your thoughts with me over on Instagram. You'll find me at Erica Webb underscore self kind. And if you're not already subscribed to my mailing list, I'm going to throw that one out there this week. Um, I would love to have you on there. I share more in my emails as well. I send out reminders about the podcast as they come out as well. It's all in the same newsletter. So it's just one a week. Um, and that's where you can kind of stay up to date with everything that's going on in the world of self-kindness. So I will pop the link to that in the show notes, but you'll find the link to to sign up to that on my website um, or in the show notes as well. And I will look forward to talking to you again next week. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at Erica Webb underscore self kind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.